Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas Montague here. We have another amazing guest joining us. His name is Albert Chisholm Jr. And he is a South Carolina native. He has a huge heart for young people. And today we're going to be talking about young, but with a purpose. And this is a call that God put on his heart for young people several years ago, actually in 1996. And he's been pursuing this for many, many years now to champion the young people, to bring them from boredom into a fascination with Jesus. And so I'm really excited to bring him onto the show today. But before we do, I want to just give you a word that I think fits so perfectly. I know you guys can hear the birds here, here in Brazil. And I'm also wearing my Brazil, my Brazil jersey. I just saw Brazil lose the World Cup here in Brazil. So sad. But that's a story for another day. I wanted to share a quick story with you, a quick testimony that I think fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about today in our podcast. Here in 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22, it says this, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. The key verse I want to talk about, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And so as we're talking about young people today, the the call in my heart, the hunger in my heart to tell you today as a young person, flee youthful passions. Flee those things that take you away from Jesus. We want our eyes fixed on the Lord. We want to follow him and do what he's calling us to do. Say what he's calling us to say. Go where he's calling us to go, right? As missionaries, not just a call for the missionaries, not just a call for the pastors, but it's a call for every believer in Jesus to spread the word. It's the Great Commission. It's not just only for the ones who are working in the church. It's all believers. And so I wanted to say this thing specifically talking about cleansing yourself. Several years ago, seven years ago, I was a drug addict. You guys know my story. And God cleaned my cup. The Lord cleaned me. He set me apart for honorable use. And this is what the verse says. If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. The Lord set me apart as holy. I worked through that process of restoration, of overcoming my addiction, and then I set myself at, Lord, use me. Send me, Lord. I want to be used for your glory. And he did. He sent me off to be used by him. And you don't have to go anywhere to be used by God. You can be used right in your own city, in your own neighborhood, even in your home. You can reach the people in your home. With this being set apart for honorable use, being clean, the Lord also needs to restore me every single day. It's not just something that, okay, I was cleaned seven years ago. Now I can live my life. No, I need to wake up every day. Come Holy Spirit, clean me today, Lord. Clean my cup today so I can be used for honorable use. And so I wanted to tell you this last point here, that if you want to be used by God, if you want him to call on you when you say, use me, use me, we must be clean. What does that mean? We have to take away, flee youthful passions. So. Remove the sin, remove the things causing you to stumble, causing you to go back into that sin cycle that I like to call it. It's not enough to just cut off the sin 
if you're not replacing it with righteousness. You need righteousness in your life. You need to read the word. You need to talk to God every day. You need to be in community of a church. You need those things. And today, Albert is going to talk about so many amazing things, so many statistics about young people, and he's going to bring us so many great encouragements. And so we're going to talk about that after a quick word from our sponsors. Thank you for joining us again for another episode. God bless. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Entering your promised land may not always feel like your comfort zone. Thank God for the people He sends your way to speak life into areas you thought were impossible. Your persistence is creating your breakthrough. Today is the day to ask the Lord to move the mountains you can't move. With over eight years of ministry experience, Joel Yontz believes that Christian faith goes beyond Sunday mornings at church. Rather, faith lives deep within our hearts and souls as we face every day of the week of our own lives. Purchase your copy of Your Mountains Must Move, Hope to Rise Against Mountains of Discouragement on Amazon today. The Jesus In My Life podcast is all about getting the good news out to the masses for the purpose of demonstrating to the world that the living God is real. This podcast contains personal stories of everyday Christians experiencing Jesus in their lives. This interview format podcast is hosted by Jack and Rob. Listen to the podcast by searching Jesus In My Life podcast on your favorite application today. It's great to have you on here today. Albert, how are you today? I am wonderful, and thank you for having me. Thank you for your audience, and uh, greatly appreciate it. It's my pleasure to have you here. We're going to talk today about young but with a purpose. And this is something that rings true to me because I am a young man, I believe, and I've been serving in missions for several years now. And I believe that I do have a purpose given by God. And so today, I want our time together to champion the young people to say, hey, God has a plan for your life. You have a purpose. And so I'm really happy to have you here and talk with you about your story and all the things that you brought today. So before we talk about that, our audience love to hear from our guests about their personal Christian testimony. Go ahead, Albert. Well, um, (laughs) I uh, grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. That's where I'm from. Um, After, uh, you know, graduating, uh, went on to serve in the United States Navy for three years. Um, When I was here in Charleston, South Carolina, I attended the African Methodist Church. That's when uh, I became, uh, gave my life to Christ in faith. And uh, so what did that look like to me at the age of 12? um, I remember uh, just sitting in the church service, you know, typical 12 year old kid, right? My my mother was saved, she loved the Lord. My dad wasn't. you know, we attended service uh, regularly, but being a typical kid, you know, there was times that I didn't want to go. So, hmm. you know, all of a sudden, my, my, I, I would lose a, a shoes or two, you know, <laughs> that was my excuse for not going. So it wasn't like, a, uh, it wasn't like, a, you know, I was eager. I was eager to go, but at 12 years old. So I, I continued going. And my mom continued encouraging me. And it was one day uh, uh, where, the pastor was preaching and um, he was just reading. I think he was reading from Matthew, one of the gospels and his preaching style um, in comparison to today was just a regular preaching style. I mean, he, he would, would read the text as it is. And on that day, um, something happened um, when he was just reading the text, wasn't even explaining it, just reading it. Uh, my heart was touched. Um, a realization it hit, hit my heart on that day, uh, the realness of God. So I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at 12 years old. Um, that's not to say that the pathway to where I'm at now was um, was with, without challenge. But what did that look like to me? And uh, well, it looked like to me that I knew that it was some someone greater than me. Um, I knew that I needed someone to to help guide my life, to to steer me in direction. Um, And that's what I felt. Um, I knew that I couldn't do life alone. And I think that helped propel me, steer me, keep me on the path. Um, And like I said, I um, it wasn't an easy path, but Mm -hmm. um, it just shows that 
uh, that God is with you. And uh, that's what I needed. And that's what kind of my journey, my initial journey of, of, of believing and giving my life to Christ. Now, I was very serious about it because uh, making him Lord of my life, meaning that he was going to have full control. And I was always serious about that part of it. Um, a lot of it I did not know, but I was very serious about whatever you wanted to do in my life, Lord, here I am. And mm. that is the model that I live by today. And even through my difficult seasons, it was always whatever you want to do with me, Lord, here I am. Amen. I think there's a difference between believing in Jesus and following Jesus. This is something I love to preach. And I think there is a disconnect because making him Lord of your life gives him the authority to say, no, you can't do this. Or yes, you can do this. And that's something that a lot of us don't want to give up that control. But when you do make Jesus the Lord of your life, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Everything so for changes. you, Albert, going forward from that moment, that decision into the man you are today, I know there's a lot that's probably happened, but tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, what part you want to know? <laughs> yeah, how about, let's say as a, as a young man pursuing mm -hmm. the Lord, what did that look like for you? Well, uh, different seasons, uh, different times in my life. Uh, and I think people will experience this. What, well, what it looked like to me, um, I'll give you a highlight of it. Uh, like I said, initially graduated high school, uh, went into the service, mm -hmm. um, still loved the Lord uh, and uh, still wanted to follow him. Stayed three years, got out. It was, a, it was something in me saying it was more. It's more in life, more to this. Uh, so when I got out, moved to Kansas City, uh, started uh, my education there. But I began to um, wrestle with God in a sense mm. of, Lord, I, I know the scripture. I know the word of God, but I need it to, to be real to me on a personal level. Uh, I, I wrestle with that. And... Uh, you know, I was minding my own business. I, I mean, going to church, I was I was a tither. I'm like, mm -hmm. Lord, okay, uh, I'm gonna I look, <laughs> I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but there's something in me that's saying there's more to me. You know, more to mm -hmm. the realness has to come, and and and, uh, and I think that's what I was seeking. I mean, the scripture is real, and, and the scriptures are true, but it has to be personal to you. So I was mm -hmm. always on this journey, always had this feeling of, of, of wanting more, the realness of God. And I wasn't, I mean, and, 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 and sometimes it took me away, you know, to the point where um, in moving, and I, I will share this experience with you. And this is, this is uh, further down the road, uh, about when I was 35 or 40, well, probably about 45. And uh, maybe about six years ago, and, and I'm talking about this journey of 30, 40 years and uh, going from ministry to ministry not, and, and knowing and, and, and God was using me. But it came a season where I heard God said, uh, do you want to go in the wilderness with me? Hmm. And I called my, my friend. Uh, he was a pastor. And uh, I said, well. You know, I called them up for support. I said, well, I'm feeling like God is just telling me, take a seat and go in the wilderness, whatever that looks like. And I, I, I was telling my friend that thinking that I was going to get his support and say, well, you know, I might want to pray about it or mm, you, you sure about it. Well, he said, well, if God is telling you, then you're going to have to do it. And yeah. this was a season of hunger mm -hmm. for me. Um, it was a season of, of going into the wilderness where uh, it was experienced with where. I, I came to know God and uh, in such of a way. And it wasn't that God was forsake me or God left me. It was a, it was a period of isolation mm -hmm. where I wasn't physically removed from the world, but I was in a sense of this one-on-one -on -one with God where I can see him, sense him, feel him, know him. And uh, I'm not telling you this was an easy season of my life, but I'm believing that God is uh, many of us, uh, that that's that searching for our purpose. And I say searching. And let me say this very clearly since we're talking about purpose. Um, your purpose is not lost. Um, you can't find it because it's not lost. You have to discover it. 
Mm. And part of that discovery is that God will take you on various journeys in your life, whether it's a wilderness experience, um, whatever it may be. But the purpose of it is so that he can reveal himself to you like never before. That is one essence. The other part of my season was when God began to bring me into, um, and this was prior to the wilderness season, uh, I had no intention on working with the youth. I was not really passionate about it because I loved them, but I understood that that was difficult. <laughs> the young people, very difficult because they think differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do things differently. And I want mm -hmm. once was young. And uh, I, I, I remember where I started working at this church, serving as a youth, youth advisor. And, and I just felt myself becoming attached to the young people. And I remember God and I having this conversation on a Saturday. I think it was 1996, if I'm not mistaken. A Saturday night, and I looked into the mirror and I said, God, what is this youth thing that you're doing with me? Mm. And I... And I heard the audible voice of God say, I've given you a gift and I want you to use it. The audible that, voice of God. Wow. The audible voice of God. Tears began to run down my face. Hmm. And from that point, I, I didn't fully understand all of it. But I knew that God is, like he said, he told me, I've given you a gift and I want you to use it. That marked my life for a long period of time. That is the very thing uh, that I keep close to my heart. That, 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 because I'm passionate about it, that keeps me on this journey of just keep on pressing in because it's not just for me. Uh, it's part of my assignment. And uh, yeah, this is how that the passion for the youth ministry started. I wasn't looking for it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I wasn't searching for anything. Uh, I was fine sitting on my sofa watching ESPN. I was mm -hmm. really fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Doing my yeah. And I, and, and I think God disrupted my life. Mm -hmm. And you said this was in Kansas City, this where God met you and he spoke to you. This is in Kansas City, Missouri. This is I wow. spent 24 years in Kansas City, Missouri. And I know that God placed me there for a reason. Mm. 24 years. About 24 See, years to, to most people, Kansas City, Missouri means nothing. But to me, I grew up in Missouri. I'm a Missouri native a couple hours wow. from Kansas City. So I spent a lot of time in Kansas City. And actually, God spoke to my life, into my life at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And that's why I'm a missionary today, because of the International House of Prayer, because of word I received in Kansas City. So God speaks Kansas City, guys. If you need a word from God, <laughs> no, I'm not going to promote that. But man, God speaks to his people when he wants to move. And that's incredible. It means a lot to me that God spoke to you in Kansas City and it's something that you've carried with you the rest of your life. That's incredible. Well, I want to share this with you because I didn't know you were from Kansas City and you didn't know we we didn't no, no. have any conversation prior to. Actually, my my I attended to IHOP. Um, mm. This is when my greatest change took place. Mm. Um, I was a broken vessel after going through a divorce, uh, after my addiction to pornography. I was a very a broken vessel. I lived right across the street from Kansas City from the house of prayer hmm. and didn't really know what it was about. It was it was that season in my life and, and, and that most recently that God began to really do this thing and um, really began to push in. And it was a house of prayer that gave the opportunity, you know, the 24-7 house of prayer and worship where it was nights where I, I had a longing for God. and. And you think about it, I live right across the street or down the road from my um, house of prayer where I went and could really tune in to the presence of God. So, um, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I can relate to what you're saying. And mm -hmm. IHOP was, um, was part of that journey, too, for me. Amazing. So this concept, youth, young, but with a purpose. So let's talk a little bit more about this. What is this? What is this? Well, let's talk about purpose, first of all, right? Let me give you a quick definition, because if we miss purpose, then we're going to miss the entire thing. Uh, when you talk about purpose, most of the time people think about um, personal, what is it that I gain, that I can gain from it? Normally, it's, it's related to uh, cars, success, money, education, promotion mm -hmm. of that nature, mm -hmm. tangible things. 
But the purpose of God is this. It is uh, it's God's intention is his plan for your life. It's you surrendering into that. Um, God has created the realization that we have to understand about purpose is that uh, God created everyone with a purpose. Uh, every is it out of Isaiah chapter 43 and 7, everything that he's named, he's named for his purpose, for his glory. So the purpose is not so much you reaping the benefit. Now, those things are important to God, but it's, it shouldn't be your priority of purpose. The priority of purpose is surrendering your heart to God, knowing that there's something greater that God wants to do with you. What is this greater thing that he wants to do with you? Well, the purpose is so that you can bring the glory of God. Yeah. What is the glory of God? It's the heaviness, it's the weightiness, it's the realness of God. Not only so you can experience that and take that to the world to make his name known. That is your purpose. Now we have to deal with uh, how, and I think most of the time we, we focus on this part. Well, how is that done? Well, it can be done in many ways to your jobs. It can be done through career. It can be done in a marketplace. But that's not the focus. Let God do what God can do. Your focus of purpose is, is God's intention. is his plan for your life and you surrendering that to him. And it, it, it is a supernatural journey. It is a supernatural and prophetic journey. So going back to your question, Young But With a Purpose. Well, the concept of Young But With a Purpose is this. Um, it's, it's that name, Young But With a Purpose, it, it does pertain to the age. It does pertain to this generation, the millennial and the Gen uh, Z generation. But it also pertains to the mature Christians, too, because a lot of us, um, we, we took one, we took two steps. But we have to keep on moving. Mm. And Young But With a Purpose is a movement. It is not uh, a ministry per se of brick and mortar. Uh, when God gave me this, uh, and, and, and this happened over a period of time, it didn't happen overnight, but specifically it was highlighted on using the technology to, to reach the people, especially this generation, where they're at. Now, whether we want to admit this or not, I don't see a lot of young people knocking the doors down in the church, the, the brick and mortar church, mm -hmm. saying, I need help. So we have to go out and reach them where they're at. And so I'm committed to this movement of investing, going, using the technology and, and the, all the media platform that I can get that will allow me to come on to spread this message. It is a movement. Why is this movement so important? Because we, we have a, a, a serious problem. First of all, this generation, whether we want to admit it or not, we, we say we have labeled them as um, a generation that's conscious, uh, radical. But the problem is they're just bored. Mm. Bored with Sunday service, mm -hmm. powerless service, nothing moving, um, they're, they're bored with that. So how do we move from, we have to move this generation from a place of boredom mm -hmm. to a place of intimacy with God, a deeper place with God. And boredom and from your it, life and from my life leads into sin. Boredom leads to sin. It leads to choices that are against the will of God. Amen, amen, absolutely. So we have this generation that's just, just bored. So why, why is this important? So this is what this movement is about. Moving this generation by the word of God. It's not um, cheap stuff or fake stuff or it's by the true power of God. But this is why it's important. I want to I wanna see if I can bring this up right quick here. The computer went into sleep mode, in a, but I'm going to bring it up. And I think people will understand why this is so important that we press into this generation that we invest in this generation um, that we continue to invest in this generation because we're losing a lot of our young people like i said because they're just bored to death they they're tired with tradition i do want to mention that with young people why are the statistics showing that when maybe someone grows up in the church and they go to college they leave the faith i mean you're right they're getting bored Absolutely. they need more. They need more of Jesus, a deeper impact. Go ahead. Well, this is what um, 
uh, research company, Pew's Research, it's a Christian research company, very accurate. They labeled this generation in, in, in three ways. They said you have exiles, you have uh, the nomads, that's wandering, that's people trying to find themselves, and you have the prodigals. Okay. Mm. Now, they said the exiles are 18 to 29 years old who have a Christian background and are still invested in their Christian faith, but feel stuck or lost between culture and the church. Wow, that couldn't um, be more in- accurate. Yeah, wow. That, is, that sounds so true. <laughs> Let me give you the background. Some characteristic of the background percentage-wise, 38% says that they want to find a way to follow Jesus that connects with the world they live in, feel disconnected. Mm. 33% say they trust God, is more at work outside the church, and inside, and they want to be a part of that outside, not just churchy stuff, but outside. 32% say they want to be a Christian without separating themselves from the world around them. Okay, now let's talk that about doesn't this. doesn't work, guys. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that doesn't work. work. Okay. And I think what they're saying is maybe, now we know it has to be a separation that is holy. Mm. And we probably would talk about that later. Uh, but from the world around them. But okay, so you have your nomads. The nomads are 18, 29 year olds with a Christian background who have walked away from church engagement. Not so much they're saying that they've walked away from God, believing Jesus Christ, but walked away from uh, church engagement, the activity mm-hmm. being active. Still consider themselves Christian. Some characteristics of this particular group is this 43% says, uh, think going to church or being with Christian friends is optional. 23, 25% says that their faith and religion just aren't that important to them right now. Right now, the key word, yeah, right now. Right now. But I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back. 23% say that they used to be very involved in the church, but don't fit there anymore. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is the last group. The last group is prodigals. Prodigal or 18 to 29 years old who have a Christian background, but have lost their faith. Describe themselves as no longer Christian. Some characteristics prodigals include 20% say that they had a negative experience in church or with Christians. 21% of that group says the Christian beliefs just don't make sense to them. Just don't make sense. 19% say that their spiritual needs cannot be met by Christianity. Here it comes this, and, and you're asking me why. I believe God gave this to me because there is a, a large segment of the young people, there's a, lot, uh, a large segment of the Christians that, that's just stuck. Whether you mm-hmm. want to admit it or not, you go to church service on Sunday, you do this and you do that and everything. It's just tradition, it's religion. Now, how do we move from the place of uh, being bored? Well, this is where we said this. We said moving from a place of boredom to a place of intimacy with God. Also, moving from a place of boredom to becoming fascinated by Jesus Christ. That is how you, you move. You, you have to fascinate them. One has to become fascinated. What is fascination? Simple term, become interested in, in Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, who he is, how he feels about you, how he loves you. What is he to you? How he views you? How he sees you? That and this is what this young but with a purpose is. So we just want to encourage through our training, through um, our video meetings, through the media platform, to say that you do have a place. To say that God loves you. To say that and we and we're serious about moving this generation. I am so serious about it because I know that's my calling. It's just like I always get young people coming up to me and just. And the storyline is this. The narrative is this. I know that there's more. I know there's more to this. And uh, once you realize that, then, you know, you become real passionate about it. So that's what I'm passionate about. That is what God is calling me to do. I haven't. Um, I've wrestled with this because I understand this is not my thing. I don't like doing this public speaking, but it's not me. When I stand before the people, it's God. I have nothing to gain other than my obedience to God. That is why I'm here. Mm. Thank you for sharing all those 
all of those statistics because when you when you say that so you can talk about the youth the youth let's rally the youth let's bring them to jesus and that's one thing but when you bring the statistics and really open it up okay this is who we're working with it just brings it, it it's more cl- clarifying if that i mean that's the easiest way to say it it makes so much sense we have the prodigals we have the exiled we have those young people that are feeling bored that are leaving the church and i like the prodigals because that means they're coming home prodigals oh, they're coming right home. oh they're coming home they're coming home they're coming home i agree with you in jesus name they're coming home and you have those people like i said mentioned before that's the that's been walking this christian journey like myself yeah and and, and knowing that there's more to it and one of the things that that uh, part of this is that we have to tradition. Tradition has killed us. Uh, this is something that that God dealt with me, uh, and I'll share this testimony with you. This was during the time of going into the wilderness, and um, I was with a ministry. And I just knew there was more, and God was just telling me, "Back off, have a seat, let me work with you." Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, and I was in Kansas City with my apartment working out. And it was just two weeks prior to that. I knew that God was doing something. We were dealing with, um, Lord, I, I just felt a longing to be closer with you. Didn't know what that looked like. And a young lady came up, and she was from the IHOP uh, prayer room, the mm-hmm. movement. And she came up to me, and she said, I don't even know you. Um, I just have this word for you that God wants you to, to be to become intimate with him. So um, I knew what that meant. But I wanted to, to make sure she knew that she was real. I'm just going to be honest. I said, so what else is he telling she's, is he telling I think that's me? important. Said, I mean, we should check that for sure. <laughs> we should check that. But I knew, I, I knew because we, that's the very thing that God was dealing with me on the intimacy. So I had to come to determine what intimacy meant because that's a part of this journey also. Um, so many of us, uh, because this journey of, of purpose, this journey of becoming fascinated with God, involved intimacy and it's the closeness with god it's really making yourself naked and presenting yourself to god see so many people are sitting on the outside parameter of god and we're not hearing god like we should he's there he's 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 he's, he's there but we we don't feel worthy enough to uh we feel inadequate we don't feel worthy enough to approach him and we don't feel uh, because we don't want to bring our shame and guilt to God. Mm. And I had to go through this. And I told you during my addiction of uh, pornography, I had to. That is how I got delivered. That's how I got uh, just totally uh, delivered from that. I was trying to do it on my own. And uh, I remember God saying, come to me. And I came to God and a friend of mine was praying. And she said, God told me to tell you, come to him. And it was that day that God, uh, I just came. I just brought my shame. I brought my guilt to the Lord. And I said, well, thank you for not giving up on me. Hmm. And after I said that, I felt myself falling to the floor. And the presence of God just saturated the room where we could not walk in the presence of God. Um, I was delivered. But I was delivered because I came into that calendar of uh, knowing how much God loves me. Mm. And for those that on the outside saying that there's no way that God will accept me, that is a part of that journey of discovering your purpose and becoming fascinated with God, becoming so fascinated with the love of God that God wants you to bring it all because the way he sees you, he doesn't see you as a, you got to understand he doesn't see you as a sinner. The blood of Jesus has covered that. He sees mm-hmm. you as his prized possession. You're worthy. And so many of us allow the, the gap between intimacy and inadequacy, thinking that we don't fit. And God is saying, I want you to come to me mm-hmm. as you are. I want to go a little bit deeper with what you're saying here because I'm rolling here. I'm like, yes, let's go. Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48. It's talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And so when you're saying that we're afraid to go to Jesus, we're afraid to be in proximity. There were so many people surrounded by Jesus and that woman touched him and he turns around, who touched me? And so you can go to church, you can be in proximity of the Christians, you can be around, but if you don't touch him, if you don't have that deep encounter with him, it's not enough. 
It's not enough to just be in the service, to hear the words. You have to make the decision. You have to touch Jesus and he'll, he'll, he'll feel you. He's there. He knows that you touched him. He knows that hunger in your heart. Just like that woman who touched me and she was healed instantly. And so we have to make that decision as believers, not just be in the presence, but encounter Jesus, encounter him. Yeah. And I think part of that encountering him is this um, fascination, become fascinating with, with mm. So how, how does that look like? I mean, on a simplistic term and how, and uh, I'm going to give you two examples. And in, in the latter example, it's actually personal to me, but um, out of uh, songs, one, is it 130, is it, uh, 139, and it says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, what does that have to do with it? See, the fear of the Lord is not a fear of emotion of being tremble or afraid. The fear of the Lord is having this deep reverence for him. Just, ah, like he's the greatest thing ever. Like there's no comparison. Well, as a kid, I mean, how do you get to that point? And I think mm. God left this, this particular scripture for a reason. You want to see the greatness of God? Look at yourself. See how God has taken and constructed the, the, the human body. Mm. And it, I'm not a medical student, but it, it, to hear some of the medical students talk about it and all the, the deepness or how everything is so connected. Only God can do that. So we have a picture in this ourselves of how awesome God is. And he wants you to know this because when you reverence him, that brings about reverence is also becoming uh, mm. fascinated about him, about how he created you, how he feels about you, how he, he thinks about you. And then the second part of it, which I remember I was going through this in high school and I was a, I was, I was a Christian. I was about 17 years old. And I, I'm like, God, I, I need something that I can connect to you. I know you're real, but I need more. Mm-hmm. And I remember as I was taking a shower and uh, next day he told me as I was walking out, I think maybe going to school, he said, look up. And I look up and, I, and, and this is the mind of a 17 year old. Now, I'm not deep at all. OK. And I saw this. I saw the skies, I saw the trees, I saw the beauty. And I said, this has to be God, because first mm-hmm. of all, Man can't do this because man, man would give up. Man is too lazy. And then in my little simplistic mind, I said, well, they don't make a ladder big enough to climb up there to create all these wonderful things. But what that did was um, it drew me to God because I knew I was fearing God at that point because I was fascinated by by his nature. And um, there's this songs, uh, songs 19, the heavens declare his glory. And in that day, that became so real to me. And also, as I was progressing through, maybe about three years later after that, after coming to uh, coming out of the military, uh, I was I wasn't I mean, I wasn't deep into the to the to the word. Right. But it's like the Bible opened up to, to Proverbs and it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I never knew this scripture. It just opened up to me. And I didn't know what that meant. And I just carried that. And it wasn't until the other day that God was processing and dealing with me about um, becoming, you know, having this awe and this fascination. And he said, this is what I gave you over 30 years ago. That scripture, because when you become fascinated about him, it leads you into the knowledge of God. Not the biblical knowledge. I mean, not just the knowledge of knowing about him, but knowing him yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big difference. And when one becomes fascinated and, and begin on that journey, it, it, it moves you to a place of boredom, to a place of being fascinated, to a place of intimacy with God. And the very simple things that we think we don't think of, God has said, I, I created that so you can use those things as a reference point to help propel you in the, on, on this journey. Mm. And so young, but with a purpose, this is taking young people out of boredom into a fascination with Jesus Christ to create him to be the Lord of our life. What would be one piece of advice to our young people listening today? 
Um, I think there's several, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to probably give you two, two, two advice. Um, follow the Lord. I know it's, it's easy for us to say this, but really trust in him. Um, don't allow culture to, to shape how you feel or how you think. The Bible says don't be, become conformed to this world, but um, mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, culture and music and our society has a way of, of course, it has a way of shaping your mind. It has a way of uh, shaping your belief. And one thing that I would say, totally surrender yourself to God. Um, and also guard your heart. That, that heart is the place, of your emotions, the place of your feelings. It's, it's spiritual. It's the place that God connects with you. You connect with God. You have to guard it. You have to guard it from the things that you're listening to, the people that you're surrounding. Yes. They're influenced this. And uh, guard your heart because that is the place that God wants to deal with you. And, and mm-hmm. it's my prayer that God would just ravish your heart. That you were coming to this relationship with God, this realness with God. And I will say, just keep on pressing, press forward. Any questions that you may have in this generation is a generation of they like their questions to be answered to. And, and, and this movement that we we want to make this movement uh, young, but with a purpose personal um, is not to replace the local church because you need the local church. But it's just to encourage you, not only the young, but the, those that have been in this journey for a long time and feel stuck. God loves you, too. So guarding your heart is important. Pressing into God, going after God, because what I'm what I'm discovering, of course, that God is stirring up a longing for this generation. They have a longing and that longing mm-hmm. has been planted in all of us. And that longing is, is saying, I want more of God. I need more. There's and most of the time we don't we we have that stirring in our spirit of I need more, but we really don't know what it is. We don't understand how to fulfill it. And uh, your purpose is, is, is what will bring fulfillment to your life, being fascinated with God. It, it is mm-hmm. a journey of discovery. It's a journey of personal discovery about you, yourself, Jesus Christ. And uh, you will never get bored on this journey because it's a forever journey. You never will reach the place, but God wants to take you through this journey. And it's not, and I tell people, it's not a hundred meter dash where it's over in nine seconds. This is a marathon, a marathon of life. Run with them, run with them. And we're here to encourage you. We're here to do what we can through our teaching, uh, through our impartation. Um, it's, it's real. It, he's real. He's real. He's, he's the mm-hmm. best thing. I want to encourage our listeners with one more point. What you're saying is is been the last year of my life. Being on missions for three and a half years here in Brazil and living in Asia, doing missions before that. And I'm 25 years old. I've been married for three years. Our audience know all of that. I'm just catching you up. But with this, God has been saying to me, some things are not meant for you. Some things are not meant for Christians. Some things are just meant for the world. And there's things that I've been cutting off with. My wife and I have been cutting things off like, okay, this doesn't belong. This doesn't belong. This doesn't belong. And that's been the message I've been preaching lately too, is just cut things off that are hindering you from pleasing the Lord and walking in truth with him. And so everything that you're saying today is ringing in my heart because it's what God is speaking to me. You're Kansas city. I need to go back there because man, I'm missing that. I'm God is so good. good. I also want to say one more thing for our audience today. You have a live stream coming up December 29th through the 30th on your YouTube young, but with a purpose. Tell us a little bit more about that. How can we connect and some of the things you're going to discuss? Well, you can um, connect, like you said, through the face, uh, through the YouTube. It's a uh, young, but with a purpose. Why be Why be Or you can go to um, www.ybwap.org. Uh, a, a lot of our teachings are out there also, but we encourage you to subscribe to uh, the face to the YouTube so that we can, can connect and you'll know when the teachings are going out and that way we can make a connection. Um, you can go to the website, send me an email. My number is there and the number of the website is not a business number. It's actually <laughs> my personal cell number. That's how real this is to me. Have any questions, give me a call. I'm very personable, I'm very approachable. Um, so a live streaming, right. The reason why 
uh, I believe God is pressing this upon me to do this simply because we're moving into a new uh, a new year. It's almost at the end of the year that we're having this so that we can help you refocus uh, on your spiritual journey uh, and, and help you move from that place of boredom to the place mm-hmm. of being fascinated. So on this night, it's just only an hour. So uh, the truth be told, we don't want to uh, just take your, your evening away. And, you know, you can tune in for an hour on the 29th, on the 20th, on the 30th. And it's going to start at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What are we looking um, for? It's not a format, but I think that, God, we're going to be teaching on and helping you, giving you some uh, knowledge and nuggets on how to uh, discover your purpose, how to move from that place of boredom. So we're so we're going to talk about fascination, becoming fascinated with, with the love of God. Come fascinating. How to really move? What does that look like? We're going to go a little deeper. We're going to deal with why do I have this longing inside of me that I need more? Where is this coming from? Who put it there? How do I react with this? What do I do with this? And uh, we're going to encourage you through prayer to encourage each other through prayer. And we're going to have probably have some people that are going to give you some testimony, this personal testimony. Um, hopefully, I'll have some young people on also that will uh, just share with them. So it's going to be a night, and then we're just going to. Uh, pray when you pray with each other and then um, just come back the next day and, and allow God to do whatever he wants to do. But I think it's going to be a great night uh, for your listening audience. And I encourage you to that night, bring, uh, encourage, bring a young person, bring someone that, that you know that needs this. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be great. And I think that this is something that everyone needs, a deeper fascination with Jesus. You've been going to church for 40 years. You still need yeah. more of him. And so I think this is for everyone. This is for every Everybody. single person listening today. Join in on December 29th through the 30th, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you one more time for joining us today. Is there anything that you could leave us with, one overall point from your time here today? Well, Besides, I'm going to pray for you at the end, of course. But um, yeah, just um, become fascinated with with him. Um, Leave the tradition. Um, Really seek God and say, God, what is it that you want to do with me? And and just surrender your life to him. Um, I see, I just see, and I'm seeing, I just see that God wants to do a new thing in your life. People have been stuck here for a long time. People have been in this position. And know that God loves you. Know that you are his prized possession. Know that your past is not your future. Don't allow your past to hold you in that place of just being stuck there, thinking you're not good enough. You're good enough. You're worthy. He said you're worthy. So and, and, and I'm going to say, you go out to the website also. We, 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 we talk about sonship. We talk about intimacy with Christ. Sonship saying you belong. Some Sonship saying God has adopted you. Um, you're not an outsider. You're an insider. And I want to leave you with that. You're not an outsider. You're a believer. You're an insider. Sonship, the closeness with God. Uh, so, yes, that's, I think that's what I'll leave you with. <laughs> I'll receive it. Thank you. Thank you. If you can end us yet, like you said, with a prayer, I would really appreciate that. Well, I'm going to pray out of uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 19, the apostolic prayer. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to go into the prayer with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul was writing this, and he said, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. That's the indwelling of your innermost being and, 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 and personal so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And may you have it deeply rooted and grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, that's God's people, that's believers, the width, the length, the height, and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love that God has for you. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which surpasses just mere knowledge of you, 
It takes you to a deeper place mm. that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have this rich experience of God. The presence in your life completely filled and flooded with God himself. So I, I, I leave you with this. and Thank you again, Dallas. Wonderful person. Yeah. We do need to connect again. And I leave the audience with this. And I pray as Paul prayed. Relationship, this deep experience with him. This experience that is not based on tradition, uh, religion. It's based on knowing him in an intimate and personal way. I pray that you will surrender your heart to him. That means throw the white flag, say, Lord, it's not about me anymore. But whatever you want to do with me, here I am. I pray that God will just ravish your heart with, with his love that he has, this unwavering, unconditional love. And I want you to understand how much he loves you. And this love is not based on what you have and have not done. He loves you. This love extends to those with broken hearted, those that have, have, have committed crimes, those that have done some bad things in their life. God says, I'm here. Confess your sin. Come to me. Experience me in a way that you've never experienced me before. So I pray that you will enter in this relationship with God, this experience with God, and it will change your life forever. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.